You're listening to the Laugh Button Podcast on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. currently listening to the latest episode of the Laugh Button Podcast, unless you're working retroactively and you listen to a later edition and you're going backwards and now this isn't the latest edition. But either way, you are listening to it and that is the most important thing. I'm Mark Seaman. He's Matt Kleinschmidt. Together we are thelaughbutton.com. What's up, Matt? I feel like we have this comic book men TV show intro going on every day, every week. We're like, hey, I'm Kevin Smith, and you're <laughs> Bing Chang, and Michael Zapsick, and all the other guys, Will right. Flanagan, all those dudes. Well, that's good. You got to intro everyone. You well, know, what I be, think it is is, here's what it is. Could be someone's first Here, time. Here's right? the here's the dynamic. You have like great energy, and I have like this shit energy over here, and somewhere between it kind of knocks it down. It's like, ah. Uh. <laughs> I'm the yin to your yang, buddy. That's how it works. All right, I'll, I'm I'll the take yin yang. To that's, your fucking that's, yang. That, that's first in alphabetical order, so I'll take it. No, it's not, is it? Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. Which one's what? Which one's the black with the white dot? Which one's the white with the black dot? I don't know. I've I never. Know, I don't think I've ever known that. I want to get to the bottom of it right now. Remember, right, you want to place a bet on it? Hold on. Let's place a bet on it. Remember when the yin yang was like the biggest fucking thing? <laughs> it was. It was the, had the biggest poster, goddamn deal right. in your life. Like it was like, <laughs> like I had a cousin that got like that tattooed on his leg at Lollapalooza. Right. Like right. like that shit was hardcore. Uh, well, I, I distinctly remember having a poster of it growing up as a kid. I yeah, dude, that. like everyone had like um, a, a t-shirt right? or like the necklace with it hanging uh, on. Right, there. I like, definitely had the, the necklace, necklace made out of that like black. Yeah, like, it was almost like yarn. wax. Oh, waxy. I had the I had the waxy crayon. Yeah, one, yeah, yeah, but it was black, and you bought it at, like the surf shop in your local area. I don't know Sean, if they had surf shops oh, yeah. in the middle of Ohio. Ron John. Yeah, we had no. Ron John's Why own. would we have surf shops in Ohio? That's why I said I don't know if no they had one, surf shops in Ohio. No one is surfing anyway, off the coast of Lake Erie. Anyway, you your local surf shop. For me, it was Ocean City, New Jersey. Uh, and I'd go into the surf shop and I'd buy myself some yin yang and some eat, and a big Johnson ma- t-shirt and a, oh yeah Johnson and uh, co-ed naked okay um, a little bit of manic panic to dye my hair don't know um, what that is manic panic was like hair dye it oh, was like okay. you could dye your hair like purple and shit and pink uh, we used um, Kool Aid in Ohio or, we, we or were... some sun in if your parents sun in yes if your parents wouldn't let you dye it purple you get sun in yeah, you go blonde, blonde right, you yeah. go a little blonde you'd be like oh I was just banging out the beach you know some sun some in. sun in fuck yeah. I don't know who actually used that shit. Um, I can see you right now. Sun in up top. And then you'd get your skin board. Hold on, hold on. And you go sun in? Sk- I'm Dude, gonna... I'm painting the picture. Hold on. You're cutting off of my picture painting. And you go and you Sorry, get like... Sorry, Bob Ross. You could, buy, you could buy your Rage Against the Machine bootlegs okay. from, the, from the surf shore. Tunes on the Dunes was one I went to. Mm-hmm. I remember specifically I went there as, a, as an angsty alternative kid and bought Nine Inch Nails Broken and Fixed okay. from Tunes on the Dunes. That'd down be Halo the beach, 2 the and 3, Shore. I think, right? Uh, that sounds about right. Yes. So Broken and Fixed, Nine Inch Nails. God, the right. 90s. The I can fucking see 90s, dude. Sun in up top. <laughs> uh, co-ed naked soccer because you were a goalie in the middle. I, I, I was. I did play sports, yes. I played uh, soccer. Checkered ombros with sambas. The, oh, dude, I st- I still wear sambas. You know this, but like, yeah, I would wear. But you would wear the the ombros. They weren't checkered. They were well, they were checkered, but they were the same color. It was like a blue checker, but it was blue on blue. 
It oh, wasn't like okay. crazy colors. Right. I wouldn't wear like the black and white checker. Like, well, I'm glad we found our way to soccer. And the reason why is our guest joining us in the podcast this week, Ian Edwards. I planned it. Huge soccer fan. You. <laughs> I totally planned it. Dude. I can't remember that. You didn't even plan your own wedding. I don't know what you. I planned you, Have my you wedding. ever planned anything? I planned my wedding. You did? I totally planned my wedding. You planned to be there. I, that's, that's what no, you planned. I picked out the suit I wanted to suit up in. I picked out the bow right, tie. Man. I hired the photographer. I hired the officiant. I hired the DJ. Uh, my fiance, now wife, helped me figure out the venue. But I did I did a lot of work for the wedding. I wrote the okay, program. So your efficient was your friend. The, the DJ was, was your iPod. The DJ was, was a guy I went to co- uh, college radio station. Mailed with. it in, man. No, dude. It was I had all my friends help me out with my no, wedding. That's no. how that's how weddings work, dude. You get all your friends. Well, a huge soccer fan and stand up comic writer. And oh, this actor. isn't a wedding podcast. No, no. Oh, okay. I'm Ian sorry. Edwards. Ian Edwards is our guest, so we're excited Go to have Ian him. Uh, he's awesome. I love Ian. We should ask him about his weddings, his wedding planning skills. <laughs> weddings. Hey, like, Ian, dude's been married ten times. No, is maybe he knows how to plan weddings. Possibly. Maybe instead of a comedian, he should be a wedding planner. Possibly. Who knows? All right, let's make a quick bet here. Of Which what? the yin, oh. the yin and the the yin, the and, the yin yang. and the yang. I'm thinking the yang is the black part with the white dot, and the yin is the white part with the black dot. All right, say it again. I'm sorry. I Yin would. is white, Yang is black. For for sake of comparisons. Okay, white as in not the dot. White with the, the, the black dot. The main, the dominant color is white for the Yin. Okay. The dominant color for the Yang is black. All right. How much you want to get? Five bucks. I mean, I I'm letting you choose your fate. I don't want to bet anything. What I want to bet on is how many people are currently turning this podcast off because they're taking bets on the color scheme they, of the unit. They, the they turned it off a long time ago when you were talking about <laughs> surf shops and oh, shit. Okay, so, okay. All right. Uh, we, let's see. Which part is the yin? <laughs> is it yin, Y-I-N, or Y-I-N-G? Yin? Is it? It's Because no, I've heard it it's pronounced. It's yin. Yin. Yeah, yin. No G. No G. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because I've heard it pronounced both. Yin, yang, and then yin, yang. All right, Yin is the shady place or the North Slope. Uh, so you're incorrect. So it's the black part. Yeah, the yeah. shady part. The is Yin the, is the dark area. Uh, well, that that makes no sense. The Yin yeah. is the dark area. Yeah, sure. Okay. So I flip flop my. This guess. is a cool logo. I'm not gonna lie. I kind of want to bust out. The Are necklace. you fucking kidding me, dude? <laughs> that's like that's like generic. Hey, I bought a bass guitar in college to, in high school to play, join the band, and that's the first sticker I'm slapping on my bass guitar. All right, all right. And the reason I say that is because I did that exact thing. We're we're <laughs> we're, we're seven minutes in. <laughs> Let's get to some comedy I did news. That exact thing. All right. Oh, there's a lot of comedy in this podcast. There is it's just at, not news. At the uh, <laughs> at the timing of this taping. Uh, the previous night I attended the fourth annual Patrice O'Neill yeah, comedy benefit, uh, concert. It was awesome. Yeah. Awesome. A huge, Great obviously show. massive lineup. Uh, it's all of his friends, all of his New York friends, all of his New York friends, Jim Norton, Artie Lang. Voss Gre- usually hosts the whole thing. Rich Voss hosted last night. Uh, I'll read off the whole list here. So I don't leave anybody. David Tell, Gottfried, Russ Maneev, uh, Rachel Feinstein, Feinstein. I always say it wrong. Yeah, I do too. Greer Barnes, Artie Lang made an appearance. Author. And uh, the big name on the bill was another bill, Bill Burr. Yeah, Bill Burr usually puts the whole thing together and calls uh, all his friends and puts sure. the room and all that stuff. It was unfortunate. Voss had to come out and do the, I got good news, I got bad news. <laughs> I just want to tell you up front, this isn't a bit. And all I'm thinking in my head is, goddamn Comedy Jam, 
Bill Burr's coming out as yeah, yeah, yeah. you know Tommy Lee from Motley Crue and <laughs> drum set's gonna come out of the ground. It, I don't think it really works it, that way when it comes to comedy. But. No, and uh, so unfortunately, Bill got stuck in L.A. because of the snowstorm. <laughs> don't die on us, Matt. Uh, I won't. Uh, he he had a spill. Let's just say that. Uh, Bill Bill couldn't no make it. No one saw it. You didn't need to say a thing. I, I had to because no one saw it. All right, so. Bill couldn't make it back to New York, yeah. and as uh, as could ha- half of the country can't travel right, right. now. Still, so they made no uh, they called in a reliever, and that reliever was Louis C.K. who came out to standing ovation. There was applause. Yeah, it was crazy. Everyone was freaking out. It's not. It's not a give me Vaughn, and he goes he gives a tap on the arm, <laughs> and they start playing a wild thing, and Charlie Sheen walks That'd out. Be great. It would have been amazing. You would have been amazing Sheen. for just you as a major league. Just fan. for me. Everyone else would have been like, "This is bullshit." <laughs> I'm walking is, out. This is fucking bullshit. Yeah. I guess we're ending on David Tell. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Um, uh, it was just from top to bottom was great. Rich Voss did a fantastic job. I will say this: Voss is a good MC, dude. I he's mean, a great I mean, MC. People dig on him a lot, but he's a good MC. He's a great MC, and there were. I know it's a rowdy crowd, of and course. I know the audience type that come to these. These comedians' yeah. individual shows. Yep. But this is a benefit. People yeah. paid a lot of money to get of in course. here. We don't need heckling. We don't need fights breaking out. And oh, we, that happened? We had it happen. And, and wow. my wife at a was. a benefit? At a benefit. <laughs> okay. So, so Voss comes out. He's doing his thing. A couple of heckles here and there. He thwarts him off because yeah. he's a pro. He's it's a pro. Great. Yeah. But, you know, people are having drinks, more heckles in between sets. And uh, it got to the point where. It was really annoying, and it was just yeah. like, guys, come on, we're at a benefit, man. Let's just yeah, all like at least not get drunk at a benefit, right? So yeah. Voss does this fantastic thing where okay. he says, "All right, buddy, this is your fifteen seconds, right?" Okay, now. what do you got? What do you what do you what do you have to say? Yeah, because he's yelling over top of him okay. for like three yeah. straight minutes. Voss stops talking. Place gets de- just silence. Okay, you can hear a pin drop, and a guy goes, "Let's." That's it. List? <laughs> the guy said list. Maybe. Maybe that's what he said. Oh, geez. Dude zippered up so fast. Yeah, of course. And everyone was just like, ah. And then and then Voss like ripped him a new asshole. Of course. And he got put in his place. Did the guy shut up at least after that? He did. All right, he cool. did. All right. But then there was another heckle oh, like at a, later on in the show. This is a benefit show. I know. Show. <laughs> from the other side of the room. <laughs> and and Voss comes out and he goes, hey, hey, hey. you know, he he sets himself up. He says something that makes this person in the crowd go, yeah, but you're still talking or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. Voss just eats it. He okay. doesn't know what he doesn't know what to do. Okay. He's just like, you know what, man? That was a knockout. Cool. All right. Got respect. You know, yeah, he goes yeah, respect. Fist bump. Right. Fist bump. <laughs> he, yeah. He basically fist bumped him over the air, and it was great because Voss acknowledged it. Okay. Downside is, oh shit, is this going to acknowledge more heckling? Yeah, of you know, course. Is this going to encourage more heckling? floodgates. But he flipped it right around and he went back to that original guy yeah. who we had a tiff with and said, uh, hey, that, buddy. That's how you do it? Yeah. <laughs> you might learn something from over here. And everyone was just like, oh. And so, but, but classic Voss. Yeah, you know, yeah, so, yeah, so yeah he, totally. He did well. So now, now onto the fight. Okay. Uh, I can't it was, believe there was a fight at a it, benefit show. <laughs> Like these tickets weren't cheap. They, they were, were like a hundred plus dollars. Yeah, right? they weren't. They weren't cheap. Let's just say they weren't cheap. And uh, usually that disparages the riffraff from coming. Usually, usually, <laughs> but you just get the you get the rich riffraff. R- rich you know. riffraff. Yeah. But still, I mean, jeez. So, so something happens. All of a sudden, you hear two people yelling, and this is during Voss's. You know, in between. Mm-hmm. I want to say it was in between Rachel and uh, maybe Jim Norton was okay. coming out next, and. And all of a sudden, you just hear 
people like, no, you shut the fuck. No, you fuck you, man. For oh, doing wow. Like, and everyone's looking around, you know, because mm. this obviously isn't a bit. And Voss is thrown off his game. He goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey, hey. And there's no, no security there because it's a place where there's the ballet usually. And right. it's a fucking benefit. And it's a benefit. <laughs> right. So, so Voss is like trying to go, yeah. hey, guys, guys, just sit down, yeah. calm down. We'll figure this out. Just chill. Yeah, yeah. And then he's looking around. He's like, hey. Is there security? We, is, there, is there security? First of all, there's not. Right. <laughs> These guys are yelling. Uh, I'm sitting in a seat where I'm in the first balcony okay. and I, I'm close enough to where I can look over. That's where over. I sat when I was last right. there too, yeah. So I look over and sure enough, these guys are yelling at each other and you're just like, what is going on here? And uh, Voss eventually says, all right, you three that are in the front, there's three empty seats over here in this front row on the yeah. side. Get your asses over there. Oh, wow. Go sit there. Congratulations, you've just you've just been upgraded. Yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. You sit the fuck down, you know, blah, blah, blah. So things got in order. Everything oh, got in check. Voss for pulling all Yeah, and Voss just did and And he looked at him and was like, guys... You what know, the we're, fuck? we're the benefit, man. Come yeah, on. What like, the fuck? this isn't what we do here. You yeah. know, blah, blah. Norton comes out. Yeah. I don't know what Voss is talking about. If you guys want to fight, go ahead. Yeah. Like, so yeah. he's all like <laughs> su- supportive of it, and everyone's laughing. And yeah, stuff. yeah that's so funny. it got settled, and then there were jokes made about it throughout the rest of the night. But, but my wife was looking at me, she's like, Is this normal? And no. I was like, Well, you well, know, this, for this audience, well, maybe, but that you know. audience, I mean, like, you know, that audience is a mix. It's, it's a very alpha male audience. Right. Um, you know, that audience was built. Predominantly on like you know Jim's radio, it's friends with right. Opie, Opie and Anthony, mm-hmm. all that, that. That I mean, that audience goes back years, decades, a decade plus almost mm-hmm. at this point. So like they're known to kind of be like you know not the the most easy guys to deal with. But at the same time, the comedians they're watching are usually their idols. Those are right. like those are those are their guys. Burr, Louie, sure. like Norton, like those are their guys. Tell like, yeah, it's one thing to go and like shit talk like another. This lineup they're seeing, but like those are like the people that they idolize. So right. it's, it's it's and it's a benefit, dude. Like that's the fucking fucked up part. It's well, a fucking benefit. yeah. Well, all, all that aside, because yeah. I don't want that to be the story of the night, because it of wasn't course. at all. Yeah, of course. Patrice is the story. Everybody came out, acknowledged him, how great he was. Yes. You know, some told stories. Some some just said at the end of their set, you know, Patrice live on yeah, forever. You, you yeah. know, paid their acknowledgments. But dude, it was a great lineup. Um, I think it was very funny to bring my wife to this thing because she got to see a lot of comics all at once, and that's yeah. not how it normally is. Of course. And it was funny to see how who she gravitated towards. Mm-hmm. Uh, she loved Godfrey and yeah, Greer Godfrey's Barnes. Great. Just had standout sets. Those guys are those guys are hammers, man. They are. They're and hammers in a sea of hammers. <laughs> yes, true. Everybody. By the way, everyone had great sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top to bottom And obviously Louis came out And he's just operating yeah, yeah. On a different level right yeah. now And Louis just was like Shut up <laughs> Let me be Louis again. Yeah, and yeah. He, oh, and he, he ripped Patrice pretty good Oh like, sure he did and, they, and, they knew Patrice really well Those guys Yeah and, and he He said something That was very interesting And this is one of the big takeaways At least for me From the night was You know If If Someone chooses to live Their life poorly Or Or Even, even when they have problems yeah. And they're still like Fuck it And then they die from it Yeah Um like this is how fucked up we are as comics is like we let them do that. And then yeah. when they die, we like all come and support to raise money for like yeah. you fucking up. It's like the only place where it's like, well, he's clearly making an acknowledgement to Patrice dying of diabetes. R- right. And not it's like, hey, you apparently. fucked up yeah. and now we're like paying for your family. Well, and, and it was a, it was an yeah. it, funny. It was very funny. And and it was very introspective because it's very true. With all the infighting that happens in comedy and yeah. all the jealousy, if 
if you don't truly have the support of other comics, even though it might not seem like you do, mm. it just doesn't work as a whole. Yeah, right. And, and I think that comics also kind of love each other, warts and all, because right. like no comic is like one hundred percent okay. Right. You know, like there's everyone's got problems. Everyone's right. got something. All I mean, most comics I've ever talked to or dealt with, they or heard speak about the subject, they all are like, well, there was that one thing that kind of drove them to, you know, find some sort of acceptance to be on stage. And like, let's be honest, it takes, it's a little bit of a narcissistic thing to want to stand on stage and make people laugh at you and do funny things. But it's also scary as shit. Another thing my wife pointed out, she goes, tell these hecklers to shut the fuck. You know how hard it is to get up there on stage and do that? And she's like, I'd be shitting my pants. There's no way I could face these people. It's it's funny you mentioned at the comedy store uh, just this week, actually just this morning, they posted a video from a comedian. It was back from like three or four years ago Mm -hmm. who basically shot a video of he found out, basically he had a heckler the night before. Mm Mm-hmm. And he said, where do you work? And she said she worked uh, at like a hotel somewhere. And okay. he basically, and she was like a hairdresser at a hotel. So he basically went to her where she worked. Yes. And yes. just basically sat there and made fun of her the whole time. And she's just like, this is my place of business. He's like, bitch, where were you last night? It was my place of business last night. So uh, that's the, so great. That started to make the rounds again on the internet, but it was it was from three or four years ago. But the, I was just it just showed up in my newsfeed again uh-huh. this morning. But it's like he like literally was like, what the hell do you think I was doing? I was at my place of business. That's why this is wrong. So yeah, I mean like, I think a lot of thing with with comedy too, and I think comedy specifically is like. People are like, oh, I make my friends laugh. I can be a comedian. Right. And there's very different, very, very different. Like, I can make my friends laugh. I don't want to get on stage and fucking try to make people laugh. Like, that's terrifying to me. But, like, people think, oh, well, I'm a funny guy. Why can't I be on stage? Well, it's like, well, motherfucker, these guys have put in the hours. Sure. You know what I mean? These guys have had the shittiest of shit gigs somewhere in front of audiences, they've literally like got their dick kicked in on stage many, many times. You, what you're seeing is the result of all those years of hard work of them doing their ten thousand hours. But, um, but like everyone wants to be a comic, but no one, but only some, so a few of them want to put in the work. And the right. ones that want to put in the work are the greats. It's kind of like when a comedian gets big. I mean, like Amy Schumer's catching some shit now, being accused of stealing jokes here and there. And I'm not speaking on behalf of that, but the reality of the situation is Amy is still put in the work. Sure, you know, Amy is absolutely put in the work. She's still putting in the work. So like she's putting in more work now. So it's like okay, you still so let's let's for the sake of argument, Amy stole three jokes for the, three of these jokes for the sake of the argument. Motherfucker, you have any idea how many hours of material Amy Schumer has cranked out just in the last five years alone? And you're trying to say like three jokes mitigate, uh, negate all that stuff? Right. I'm not saying she stole them or didn't steal them, but I'm saying like if we operate under that assumption, it's like, who cares? She still has cranked out hours of material. Well, if we now, operate under that assumption with journalism, I mean... <laughs> Well, that, well, yes. Everybody is. Well, yes yeah. and no, and and like I'm not saying I'm not. Listen, the greatest piece of advice I was ever given about thievery in general was I was a snotty like probably freshman in college. This was like the rise of Napster and all that kind of like digital file sharing stuff. And I was talking to my friend's dad. My friend's dad, you know, he heard every argument I had about how I'm poor and how I'm this and how I'm that. And he literally said to me, like, you know, with the calmest of demeanors, he said, like, listen, man. 
Wait till you put something in the world. Wait until you create something and put it out in the world, and then when someone yeah, kind of takes it, that's when you. That's when it kind of negates my entire arguments about stuff. And I kind of carry that with me to this day about that stuff. Of like, no, granted, I still download stuff and whatever, but like, I get it. You know, like people like kind of put blood, sweat, and tears, and it's like, well, guess what? When you paid for music, you got things like the Beatles. When you're not willing to pay for music, you get things like Justin Bieber. Like, I don't know what else to fucking tell you. <laughs> like. <laughs> All right, Dad. All right. Well, so, yeah, no, I, just, I, I've become my friend's dad. I, I really know. have. Just, you know? uh, just fucking with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so you can go to thelaughbutton.com for my full breakdown of the night. Uh, you know, I get into everybody's set and, and what they uh, talked about and some other jokes and, and some yeah, other yeah. things that happened. But a uh, beautiful facility, yeah. New York City Center. Couldn't have been any cooler. Awesome. It was my first time there. Yeah, it's pretty And uh, it was place. just good times, man. Great Last show. Time, so. I, I went to the first annual Patrice Benefit. And they're on what now? Four or five? Yeah, four. Four, yeah. I went to the first one, and I sat... Funny enough, I sat like a row behind the finalist slash winner of one of the seasons of The Biggest Loser. It's oh, great. It was the guy, Eric, who was a giant dude. He lost like all the weight and then he put like all the weight back on after the show. And I saw him when he had put all the weight back on. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, that's the dude from The Biggest Loser who lost all the weight to put all the weight back on. The biggest gainer now, I guess. He was, I guess he was. All right. Uh, I don't know why that a memory that pops out of my head. I thought I'd share that with you. Sure, that's what that's what I witnessed when I went to the producer Neil Benefit. That's what you took over from that. Ago. All right, uh, other big news in the comedy world: uh, Comedy Bang Bang has a void to fill, so they filled it. Yeah, dude. Kid Cudi unfortunately couldn't commit to another season of Comedy Bang Bang because he's recording a new album, mm-hmm. and the scheduling wouldn't allow him to. So, so Ackerman had to to go out and get somebody. And if you think of anybody you'd want as your band leader, yeah. Uh, Paul Schaefer Is that who you go for really? Uh, he's just the, my go-to band leader He's oh, okay. led every band for the last 20, 30, 40 years Alright Paul Schaefer Well he's done, he's retired uh, I'm sure he'll pop up when there's like a Grammy thing or something okay. I'm sure I don't think Paul. I don't think musicians ever retire They kind of die Or they lose their limbs from diabetes And oh, they can't Jesus. perform anymore Man, Or because they're coked out and drugged out And they lose on a countryside in England Because they're speeding in the car all right, you remember how you you uh, were talking about? Dude, that was a Def Leppard reference. I I'm have, sorry. That's fine. That's good fucking. De- that was good, and I want the acknowledgement that it was a good fucking Def Leppard reference. That's all I want. Okay, I'm moving on. Man. <laughs> all right, Weird Al Yankovic has been. What about him? Dubbed <laughs> the new band leader for Comedy Bang Bang on IFC. You're a huge it's Weird Al fan. A huge, massive Weird Al fan. Uh, it's already in production. They've like already shot the first episode. It's a problem. How much you're a fan of Weird Al? I wouldn't say that. I, I, I definitely was a huge fan growing up as a kid and, yeah. and I collected everything and I you know bought all the albums and knew all the world, all that stuff. Like I you know, when I became a professional the in the entertainment industry, yeah. I, I knew how to harness all that stuff. So so when I met him and worked with him, I wasn't a weirdo about I it. I will say this about Weird Al. I'm not nearly as obsessed about Weird Al as you are. Mm-hmm. But the fact that people like Weird Al exist in this world makes me fucking happy. Sure, and it's what I mean by that is Weird Al is there's no doubt he is a smart dude. Just listening to him have a conversation about almost anything, it's like he's clearly articulate, he clearly knows some things about things, and he will have a great conversation with you about stuff too. I think when it comes to song parodies, no one else should even try it because Weird Al is bu- the bar in which it is set, and no one has jumped. You know, he's just he's just the bar. Like he there's, is the there's bar because no, it didn't exist before him. It did. There well, wasn't. It did there were it parody did, songs? But it yeah, didn't yeah. exist like that. Didn't exist. Like, I mean, he got he got in when the getting was good at yeah. a time when pop culture was 
was shared and talked about and, yeah. and, and I mean, but we're still talking about him what, thirty years, forty years later yeah. after he got in. So like he's done something right. We're not still talking about I don't know who's on the song. Stan Freeberg, Doctor Demento was he? Sure, first? yeah. So, but I, even though Weird Al's, you know, Doctor Demento was a host. He was that, a host. Showcase, yes. But um, mm-hmm. the point I'm trying to make is like every time there's a parody song, it's like I, I guarantee you Weird Al's is going to be better. And you know, so like I give the guy a tremendous amount of credit for that. With that being said, do I need to own his entire discography? No. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the answer is yes. <laughs> I don't. I just don't. Okay. Like, that's, f- that's fair. I'll, as long as I can pull up a song parody of this when I want to, it's fine. But, yeah. like, I just never bought his stuff as a kid. I have some of his albums, you know, and, and over the years I've picked them up. But, like, I was never like, oh, my God, Weird Al's great. But with that being said, like, every once in a while, I want to have to put on a Weird Al song Okay, here. so we can safely say you weren't and, and, a close personal friend of Al. No, and he's... <laughs> No, and he's that's also, what he wrote to you when I, you when he wrote to the fan club, man. He'd send you a letter. You're now a close person. I know, but was like the greatest thing ever. So I'm glad people like Weird Al exist. I'm glad people that have been influenced by Weird Al exist. Like, there's a tremendous amount of comedians out there. Like, oh my god, I loved Weird Al growing up. Pat Oswalt pops into mm-hmm. my head. Brian Posehn pops into my head. Brian Posehn actually has bits about how much he loves Weird Al. So I'm glad those comedians and those people exist. But like. I I would cite him as like my top influences. So the fact that I still have all my original copies of the Midnight Star that were mailed to me in a box. <laughs> I think good for you. Good. Listen, we all everyone got their something. Yes. Whether it's baseball cards, whether it's sports memorabilia, whether it's video games, whether it's movies. I myself I have a giant record and CD collection. You know, everyone got their something. Well, Scott Ackerman's got my something now. That's yeah. Weird Al Yankovic. He's gonna be the band leader for the next twenty episodes for the new season. I'm super stoked about that and uh and Al famously announced that you know this last album was his last album. Like, yeah, he's going in to that start format. Well, yeah, he's not going to do albums. He's going to do like singles as he feels right. fit and put them right. out in the world. Which, by the way, makes total sense to do in 2016. Agreed. Put them out. Get them on iTunes. People buy them. You got a fan base. Put them out as you need them. I just hope it, it also gives him the chance to put out the song parody quicker to the release of the original. Yeah, song. Yeah, I just hope it doesn't kill. My favorite part of Weird Al in his musical career, which is his original songs. The polkas? No, his originals, man. They they yeah. are amazing. And they get lost in the sauce because everyone just goes, oh, like, but what, he made fun of Lord. And you know? Sports one. Yeah, but I mean, like he's got original songs, but like... They're they're amazing, dude. Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota is, is amazing storytelling. <laughs> the fact that you just... It's huge. It. It's like a 10-minute song. It's Well, there's the, I, I was always a fan of the polka medleys. Those are great, too. Those are great, too. I consider those like covers, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, not. I mean, like, you know, well, he still tours. He still sells out when he tours. But listen... Perfect spot for him to ending. Like he couldn't have scripted that better for his career. Final, final album, album number one, mm-hmm. first number one. Like he could have scripted that better. Like the rollout of that album was brilliant. And but you know what? All his fans grew up, and they're all in a position of power to be able to help him. Yes. You know, you got guys for like Chris Hardwick from the Nerdist is like, dude, I want to fucking help you out. And you know, because like, people it, like me got in a position to say, exactly, hey, it's exactly hey, what it is. Wait like, a minute here. Exactly. It's like this guy's a legend. And he should be treated yes. as possible. Like, yes. you know. People like you, it's the Beatles and there's Weird Al. That's it. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, before we get to Ian Edwards, yes. again, go to laughbutton.com. There's also a lot of, uh, you know, now that we're into 2016, this is an election year. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of political comedy coming our way in troves. And uh, something that's about to hit the road is a very cool tour called the Trump versus Bernie 2016 debate tour. Uh, 
featuring our boy James Adomian. Yeah, dude. As Bernie Sanders. James Adomian, I've yet to see that guy do an impression that's not like the greatest impression ever. And even if it's even if it's a little off, it doesn't matter. It's he's, he's, he's a, just awesome. He is a first class impressionist. Yes, he's great. My favorite James Adomian mem- moment was uh, South by Southwest, probably three years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. It was a late night show. Actually, speaking of Scott Ackerman, Ackerman was hosting it, so I might have been like a comedy bang bang live. Okay. James Adomian closed out the night with an impression of Mark Marin tucking Louis C.K. into bed. So Mark and Louis, Mark Marin, played so by James Adomian, was tucking Louis C.K. played by James Adomian into bed, and I can't even begin to do it justice. But he got all their mannerisms down perfectly. It was it was, it was incredible. All right, so check out that tour. You can go to to get all the tour dates. You know what's a great and, uh, little mini fact about James Adomian? Harold and Kumar 2, he played George W. Bush. Nice. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but he was in Harold and Kumar 2 as George he W. He is your Weird Al Yankovic. He, uh, he does a great Jesse Ventura. He does Conspir- great Andy Kindler. He does a great Andy Kindler. Jesse Ven- he does conspiracy theories with Jesse Ventura, which is fucking hilarious. If you ever see that show up in your uh, neck of the woods, go do go see that. But he's he's done the Bernie Sanders on the at midnight. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, I mean Adomian's Adomian's one of those people where like he's going to get something. It's just what is he going to get that's going to make him a star? Is it going to be mm-hmm. SNL? Is it going to be like here's what he he's, should? He's do. popping up in movies now, so this he's is on true. His way. But 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 look at it this way. I mean like. Let's say Bernie Sanders wins the presidency or he becomes the Democratic uh, nominee. They need someone to do Bernie Sanders on SNL. They're not going to have fucking Larry David do it for the next uh, year and a half. No, but they are going to have Larry David do it. Well, he's hosting the next episode. Yes. But what I'm saying is like February, maybe they hire a Domian to come on board and just do the Bernie Sanders. I mean, so great. I, it would be awesome. It would be incredible. So. All right. Well, what else? Props is to the Adomian. To uh, another it. thing that's incredible is the fact we have Ian Edwards on the podcast. We're going to get to that right now. Yes. And uh, here it is. We're going to talk. Uh, sorry, Matt, but there is a little soccer talk in there. I know you weren't there for this interview, but. I wasn't. Look, guy hosts a podcast called The Soccer Rant, so I got to talk about fine. it. It's fine. It's fine. I'm sure there was Cleveland talk. I'm totally serious. There is zero Cleveland talk in that, this one. I find that so fucking hard to believe. Well, listen back live there's, right there's now some with sort everybody of Ohio else. talk going on. There is. There's definitely Ohio I can't talk. say. You can't not say there's not Ohio talk. That's what it is. Is that a triple negative? All right, here's yeah. one positive to Ian Edwards right here on the Laugh Button Podcast. All right, by way of, uh, let's say, England, then <laughs> Jamaica, then New York City, then L.A., now back to New York City, <laughs> he is Ian Edwards. How you doing, Ian? I'm good, man. You know, thanks you know, for giving out my international qualifications. <laughs> you got it? Appreciate you got that. It? International cred. I want to say your your passports or uh, how many passports do you have? Do you have do you have like a handful? Are you one of those guys with like a handful or like a James Bond situation? <laughs> like a, I wish that sounds because you get girls with that. So yeah, sure, nah. right? Yeah, I just I just got the one. Yeah. And and do you uh, I guess between having multiple passports and and you could switch up your accent, you know, like oh I'm just in town for a couple of days, right? You know, <laughs> <laughs> like those two moves, that sort of solidifies. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, Ian, I haven't seen you since uh, Montreal. Cross paths up there yeah, just yeah. briefly. But um, I, I don't know if I ever told you this, but the first time I discovered you, came mm-hmm. across you, uh, I was a big fan of this triple CD set that Comedy Central Records put out called Comedy Bang. Uh, well, back then it was Comedy Death Ray, yeah, actually. Yeah, Death Ray. And I feel like there was a like a shark attack bit yeah. on there. And yeah. I heard that thing and I was like, this guy. Uh-huh. And then I proceeded to play it on my show like every single day for the next you know, three, four years. So hopefully something came of that for you. But yeah, um, yeah. I, 
right away, I, there was something different about your voice and your perspective, I thought. Mm. And and as I learned more and more about you and was like, well, this guy isn't just a stand-up comedian. He's like a writer. And I feel like you were a writer first and foremost, right? Did, did you write before stand-up or was it kind of the same time? or, or Stand-up first. Yeah? And then, uh, and then I got some writing jobs. But the funny thing is, when I was a kid, like in high school in Jamaica, like we had like, you know, we'd have to write some short stories okay and i wrote one one day and the kids my friends on the way home they're like you're gonna be a writer and and, and i thought about it for that moment on the way home because you know you're a kid everybody's dreaming of like what occupation is going to be the occupation when they grow up and then i forgot about it and then years like later after writing on a few shows it just hit me oh shit remember that day when you was in school and they said you're gonna be a writer like i actually ended up writing and being a writer so it, it, that that's funny it, like when you say well you're a writer first if if you want to go back that far then yes but if you just want to start from where i decided to do comedy it was comedy first and then writing gotcha yeah yeah it's interesting and uh it uh, my my uncle one of my uncles has a video of me as a very young kid as well mm -hmm. i guess we went uh, my, my family's huge my mom's one of nine kids tons of cousins Damn. it was one of their birthdays your, gran your grandma went at it she <laughs> yeah she liked that army dick i guess she liked that <laughs> dick. Um, so yeah they made lots of kids and i guess they were supposed to have more but she had you know whatever what <laughs> anyway you don't want uh, to defile the memory of your grandmother right right yeah. right uh, she's she's the last one i got left too and right. here i am defiling her before she goes um love you grandma sending it to a grave yeah yeah i love you grandma so I, I guess we went on on this uh, sort of like mini field trip and all the cousins went and we watched a movie and afterwards we got into this RV. My, my one uncle had an RV and we were all mm -hmm. smashed in there. And uh, my uncle recently showed me video footage of me with a microphone interviewing mm -hmm. everybody as they get oh, on the snap. bus, you know, asking them about the movie. Let's break it down. Like, and sure enough, you yeah. never thought about that twice. Right. Yeah. And then 15 years later, that's my job. Right. And it's just weird how it kind of works out that way. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you get hints early on in life. Right. Who you're supposed to be. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Between that and soccer, professional soccer thing didn't work out for me. Yeah. Me uh, neither. That that's the thing I wanted. That's what I. Yeah. That's what I wanted too. Yeah. But uh, I was blessed with. Uh, uh, I was I was pretty good at every aspect of soccer. Not great. To yeah, yeah. Push me over the edge to be like professional. Same here. So, I think I'm about the same. Like, how far did you get? Did you college out okay. here? I, it, it, soccer's funny because it depends on where you grow up. When I was in England as a kid, I was in goal. I was a goalkeeper. Okay. So I always imagine, and then then I moved to Jamaica, where there's not a there's there's a there's a professional league, but high school is pretty big. High mm -hmm. school f soccer is like college football here. Oh wow. Okay. And then uh and then they have division one and i played on a division two team which so i was there to graduate to the division one team you know which is you know which is their you know mls their version of the mls sure but i but then uh but then i came to america so that never happened and then the high school that i went to, to in long island uniondale the, the soccer coach was the baseball coach making an extra check <laughs> right so and in so bring then, your own socks and shorts yeah. right that so he <laughs> so he's not training it's like it's not like i went to a school with a good coach and you could like learn fundamentals and continue your soccer growth right like right. that was just like a few years of a few critical years of being in the wrong place at the right time and it just 
didn't help. Didn't yeah, help that, the that sent you backwards, if anything. Yeah, right? yeah. Sent you backwards. Yeah, sliding into second base isn't really how you do a slide tackle. Yeah. So it's dissimilar. Dissimilar yeah. for sure. Um, you had hopes and dreams to do that, though? Was yeah, that, yeah, that's all was I wanted. Was that passion number one for you before comedy, I guess? Yeah, yeah. Like, one, I was a kid in England, and I was, it was gonna, FA Cup finals was coming up, and they showed a team getting off the bus, and they were wearing suits, and it was like getting off the bus and going into the grounds. I was like, that's what I want to be. Yeah, that's dope right there. Yeah. That's uh, that's solid. That's so, so how old are you here? Because you, you you were born there, right? Uh-huh. And when did you leave there? I left there when I was nine. Oh, okay. So you clearly remember it. Like yeah, you yeah. definitely were like, I'm in England. This yeah, is yeah. where I'm living right now. Yeah, uh, okay. I'm in England. I'm a goalkeeper. Right. You know what I'm saying? Then right. I became an outfield player in Jamaica. Okay. Yeah. And now, um, who was your team? Who who like, Who'd you resonate with? back there in england do you remember yeah i remember like growing up i lived right around the corner from queen's park rangers in ah, shepherd's bush QPR. In London. yeah so i was a qpr fan sure then i grew up and then soccer came to america like the premiership like maybe 15 years ago maybe fox started showing first they started showing one hour highlights of the premiership and then it grew. They start showing. I games. remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did Bundesliga for a little bit too. And they did like Bundesliga. PBS yeah. in my in Ohio uh-huh. showed one Bundesliga game like every Hilarious. Sunday. I think uh-huh. it was like a replay. Some weird time during the day. Yeah. And and it was just some American guys like talking over it. Uh-huh. And I was like, what? What is this? <laughs> what is this? There used to be a channel, an Italian channel named Rye. Okay. I don't know if you And then they used to show Juventus games. Okay. When Zidane was playing for Juventus. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not. If I'm not wrong, I think he did play for Juventus before he went to Real Madrid. Right. And and he had just won the World Cup. It's like you're just picking up soccer randomly. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was easier to get porn on TV than <laughs> than soccer. It definitely was. <laughs> and scrambling those channels. Yeah. I had to subscribe to like a newsprint, you know, soccer mag that I'd yeah. get like four weeks late. You know, the yeah, news yeah. was old. It was old. Standings were old. Everything yeah. was old. But but back then, but, soccer was moved slower. Like, they didn't have as many tournaments as now. So it was oh, four weeks old, but it's still pretty relevant. Now, right. something, there's a new, they play a new tournament every day. Every day, man. Every day. Well, we'll talk more soccer in a little bit. I want to get mm-hmm. back to the comedy. So um, one thing I really want to talk to you in depth a little bit about, without uh-huh. getting too serious, is with your huge writing background, all the writing you've done in your career, and you've done amazing stuff your credits are awesome uh even up to you know blackish which is a very successful show on television right now and i feel like other shows are starting to um, uh, how should i say emulate that success of that particular show right and and it's opening a lot of doors you know writing for yourself and stand-up obviously different than writing for a sitcom right but do you look at it from a similar perspective meaning okay this episode is a 22 minute set you know, from front to back, mm-hmm. and we have kind of a closer, you know, right. to wrap up the episode with act one, two, three. You know, is it is it similar in structure? Like, do, have you found that correlation with writing, you know, stand-up versus, you know, a, a, a script? To me, it is. I think the reason I got my first writing job is because of my strategy and my approach to stand-up and writing jokes. Like, I get a bit, even if it's a one-liner, it's going to start out as a one-liner, and then I'm going to start thinking about it and try to expand it and add tags to it and then maybe one of the tags will lead to opening of a new window where i can expand the subject matter Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing that happens in a writer's room they're like you know guns and and then everybody will start thinking how can we build a gun story with this family and then 
we'll come up with ideas and we'll come up with tags and we'll expand and we'll expand just like how I expand my act and then the, the one liner becomes a bit so sub so up unconsciously I trained myself to be a writer's room writer oh, you know, through the style of uh, stand up interesting so so then it came easy you know and then it, and then it, they sort it didn't of come easy but you know I had like the basics sure you know I had the basics you know and then I got into a few lucky rooms early where like I didn't need to be a dominant voice and I could pick up some stuff from some veterans and learn some stuff. And then plus, you know, you hung out at the cellar, right? And everybody clowns each other. Right. And it might be one person's shirt might be the topic of the night and everybody has to come up with a thousand things on that shirt and you wait your turn. That's basically a writer's room. Like there's a topic and everybody goes in on the topic and it goes, it grows and grows and then it, it goes off in a direction. It always goes off in the right direction, like the funniest peak, like when it gets to the end of it. And it's like, like, you know, pitching jokes in a writer's room on a topic, same things, practice. It just, it just didn't know we were doing it. Can you tell right away when you're in a writer's room with somebody that you just know, like they're on the same page as you? as far as like uh, maybe direction or style or whatever, like you get this concept right away. You're like, oh, this person, we're going to write together. Even if it's something that's away from that project, you're there together at that exact right. moment. Sometimes yeah. I can't tell right away, but after like a, by three months, mm -hmm. you know what the deal is with everybody. Okay. And, you know, and some things, sometimes things change and they change for business reasons or ratings reasons or network reasons and that will th throw you off course from what the original agenda was and you're like oh shit there's so many moguls man there's so many things in the way right like yeah, there's you, a lot of things in the way there's you a lot see of, the end but you definitely can't go straight it's an obstacle course yeah <laughs> right. you, you can't fly as the crow flies you right know what I'm saying? you gotta wow. go around some shit uh so then what's what's um so peaks and valleys with stand up versus writing for television, let's say specifically. Do you, uh, I mean the ups and downs greater with one more so than the other? Like, are the rewards higher for one than the other? Do you? I mean, obviously you get the instant gratification of stand up, I, I, where it either works or it doesn't right away. Right. But um, talking about laugh wise or financially? Well, financially, I think you get paid doing TV, right? Right. Right. Yeah, you get paid. I mean, that's. Right. I think that's obvious, but. But life-wise, like, do, do you prefer one to the other? Uh, like, writing is a comforting thing, you know? It's like, like you're in a room, you got hired, and you're writing, and people know, and you're like, oh, that guy's a writer, and it gives you a label that's a good label that you would you'd want, you know what I mean? Like, in the comedy community, and then people know you're writing, like, shit leads to shit. So if you're writing on a show, when another show comes along, you might get hired for that show. Right. And then as a stand-up, like the game, writing game, I don't, I, I don't think it has changed as much as stand-up game. Like when I started, to, to get, it, get your name out there is completely different than now. And now you're like either stumbling into the new way or trying to catch up with some of the newer ways. Right. Before the actual new way that's going to happen. And they only let like two or three people in that way. Then you got to <laughs> circle back around. So, so, so cutthroat, so man. It's, it's not even cutthroat. It's like, it's like, may the best hustler win. Right. You know, right. it's not even like the funniest person. It's like the best hustler, the person who a network like Comedy Central, if they like you a lot, you know, 
then then you might get picked or you know of some other entity likes you a lot you might get picked and so and and then if you were smart enough to be computer savvy and the hustler you you could have made some followers on vine and and instagram and youtube and you could be get ahead that way and i'm not mad at anybody who who is not robbing a bank and is on social media and and found a way i'm not mad at any of those people it's just is i'm just not you know it's interesting when you bring that up because it makes me think about makes me think about mashups too like i remember the first time i realized there were samples like in a song right Right, if i was listening to some rap song and i'm like man that song is amazing right and then my dad will be like yeah because that song is from 1966 hilarious and that hook is killer (laughs) and there's a reason why it was a number one single and this guy's just rapping over it right Right. and then i was like okay nothing wrong with that because it's now new art but as we expand and technologies keep you know, popping out of left field, mm-hmm. people are just taking a little bit of that, a little bit of that, a little bit of that, mashing it up, mm-hmm. and it's like, and that's the art now. I feel like it's it's almost very rarely is it just the source. You know, right, that's right. why I want to pick your brain about just physically writing. You right. know what I mean? Instead of okay, okay, grabbing other content and then writing that together. Right. You know, as opposed to making it from scratch. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely different. Um one thing I didn't get to congratulate you on I don't think uh, when we crossed paths in Montreal was was the whole uh you know be, congrats on being the first person signed at Conan's label. Oh, thanks. And thanks. that album and everything. And it's a very cool thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh some great exposure from that too, which I think right. is well deserved. Uh, 100% half assed was the right. name of the the, the album and uh, I I remember being in a Dwayne Reed which is you know our local drugstore here. Uh-huh. And flipping through an entertainment magazine, boom, there was your, your oh, face, yeah, yeah. and I was like, "Sweet man, this is this is great." But I feel like that's the kind of comic you are in. You're you're in the nooks and crannies. You're you're kind of like everywhere. You know, if you're mm. not writing, if you're not perform, you know, then you're performing. If you're not performing, then you know you're doing this thing for the first time or whatever. Right. And uh, and it's not just with comedy, but but sports. And again, we'll we'll talk soccer later. But uh, do you feel? better doing it that way or or would you did you stumble into that method versus just being focused on one thing like stand up that's it writing that's it uh like the things that you mentioned i'm just gonna say they're cool yeah and it's cool to be cool but you know you also there's cool richer cooler richer people (laughs) you know what i'm saying like they did some really cool shit too and they're richer. Right, it boils down to, hey, let's get paid for get, doing these cool things, right? I want to do, I want to continue to do cool things that pay even more. Okay. Because I, I just, that's I, fair. I just ultimately want to have enough money for the rest of my life where I don't have to worry about it. So that that's, that's, my, that's my only worry in life is just having enough money. Like being 65 and like your hip doesn't work and you're like, and you're like I don't care. I, yeah, I, yeah, like, I, I don't do. need you hip. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. I prepared for you fucking me. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I didn't need you before you said you ain't working for me. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I love all the stuff that I did. Like, it's one thing, uh, you know, I guess it's kind of self-promotion, but you, you heard of the movie Tangerine? Sure. I, I wanted to bring this up, man. Right, there right. are two, two films. Tangerine's one of them that right. I want to bring. It's, this thing's got crazy buzz, right? right? Did real well at Sundance. Mm-hmm. So what comes of that? What comes of that? Uh, People are watching it now. Like some some comics last night f- from LA were watching it, and they sent me a screenshot of them standing in front of a big screen watching it. So it, it's just building uh, 
a chipping away. Like my, I, I guess I've always been a late bloomer, mm-hmm. and maybe, maybe one thing I have to remember is something. I when I was y- a younger comic, I came up with a lot of smart ideas, foundational ideas that I need to remember and I need to stick to. One was uh, even when I was making way less money than I'm making now. I'm not even making a ton of money now. I'm making a decent living. Yeah, you're just you're doing fine. I'm doing fine. Yeah, you're you doing know? fine. I, I said, this is the fun part. Don't wait to get rich to enjoy it. So I have to remember that. Like you just mentioned and reminded me of a bunch of things, and that's not bad. It's not shabby. And yeah, I'm not a household name, but that that was awesome. Good fucking things. And <laughs> everybody has to enjoy where you at because when you get to where you want to get to there's no guarantee you'll be happy there you know you just want to get there i don't want where i want to get make me unhappy about where i'm at now right you know what I'm saying? it makes total sense because yeah. then you're you're not enjoying what you were achieved on the way to get on, there, on the right? way to get there and i and I should enjoy it you sure know and everybody should well it's getting you know I, I feel like these days with with the way everything works like uh, we're obviously all chasing money mm-hmm. but uh, you know i feel like less and less people are satisfied Right, you know, right, right. with because everything it's such a maybe you remember from England or maybe you remember from Jamaica or whatever, but it's it's such a competition. It's so comparative here, you know, like, right. OK, I'm doing. Oh, yeah, cool. I did that Conan thing. But, you know, but I'm not doing that other thing. Right, right, right. Do you know what I mean? Like and your comics think like that. Right. Your, your and brain I'm a comic. Yeah. Right. My brain works like that, too, as a musician, right. as, as someone who does this. It's like, mm-hmm. well, fuck, I didn't do that interview. Like, what the what am I doing wrong? You right, know, and, right. And, and you're just always. Tr- yeah, right. Not taking a step back to yeah. enjoy the moment of. And, 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 and I know the reason why things are more. I'm not. I don't know what the word is to use. I, I would say critical, but that would be an exaggeration. It's just that. You know, I always when I once once I realized what I said earlier when I was younger about enjoying the moment, I did enjoy the moment. It's just now I just feel more urgency just because I want to continue to enjoy the moment later on. Sure. When I get older. So or have time to reflect on it. Yeah. yeah. And not be like, oh, shit. Like, but then I got to go. To work. Like I, I want to enjoy being older. <laughs> right. And not having to worry about or, or not worry, but I. I don't want to worry, period, but I don't want to have regrets mm-hmm. when I'm, financial regrets when I'm older. Right. I want to be like as laid back as I was before. You like know what why I mean? Did, why did I, why did I buy like 15 Bob Ross t-shirts? <laughs> I didn't need that. Yeah, Tiny Chew's dead. great, but I don't need 40 of those shirts to let everyone know I was a fan. Yeah. It's all good. I, I want to, um, uh, I mean, there's tons I want to catch up with you on and, and, and talk about. Uh, and again, congratulations on all that stuff. Thanks. Since man. the last time thanks we hung for, out, thanks for making me realize. Yeah, yeah. Well, Appreciate you know, it. sometimes it takes somebody who's just uh, checking out your work. Yeah. You know, you're busy. You're busy. <laughs> you don't get out here to the East Coast as much, but uh, comparatively, you know, comedy out there in LA versus comedy here on the East Coast. You know, there's always the debate: is one better than the other? Right. Is it better out in LA for writing, uh, and is it worse for stand-up? It's better for writing because there's more shows, right. you know, to write on. As far as stand-up, I think it used to maybe a little bit be behind, but there's so many open mics and open and hungry comics, mm-hmm. and that that I see like like you talk about Gerard and Jamar neighbors and just there's a bunch of young comics who are doing great starting out in California on the open mic circuit and advancing their careers. Like Gerard is a show on NBC. Sure. 
You know, it's Renewed pretty for clear. Season clean. two, it's yeah. doing well. Yeah. Sure. So, so it's it's all based on the individual. If you don't waste your time and you work hard, no matter where you are, no matter where I am, I'm a New York comic. I take like the heart and soul of what I was taught by comedy in New York, and I apply it in L.A. So that when I when I come back in, I have to play the seller, and like all the comics are in the hallway watching to see what I'm gonna do. You know, I don't, they don't, they'll still talk to me after the set or they won't ha- have to like shit on my act <laughs> or, or just even worse, pretend that I did good and not mention it. Right. You know what I mean? No, they'll give you the, they'll give you the real deal. They'll give, and yeah, the, the, the comics we hang out with, they'll, they'll give you the real deal. So, so, you know, I, I just want to always represent, you know, and keep That's it, good. keep it real. So it's never going to leave you. Yeah. Well, speaking of the real deal, this is one of my favorite live Ian Edwards moments. Maybe mm-hmm. you remember this. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of even what festival this was at. You were doing a, it was like an early evening set, maybe. It might even been in like a late afternoon set. Folding chairs. I remember standing in the back of the room, <laughs> and there was a couple, and uh, you you were interacting with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the female was Asian, mm-hmm. and I feel like it was a white dude. Uh-huh. And you were asking them like a direct question, like, "Hey, are you guys married?" Mm-hmm. No response. You're like, "I'm, I'm literally looking right at you. You know, uh-huh. are you guys married? Like, you together?" No response. And then you went to the, you said to the white guy, like, "Does she not speak English or whatever?" And I think that was like she just had it at that point because you were doing some kind of like walking the lines, some racial uh-huh. stuff, which was real great. And she got up and was just like, la, 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 and she kind of yelled at you for a bit. And then she this pieced, is in Austin. I think it might have been yeah, like Moon, Moon Tower. Tower. Yeah, That's yeah. right. It was Moon Tower. And and so now this guy has to get up and he goes, hey, thanks, man. You know, right. you ruined your night. And you had the you were so in the moment. You were just like, it's OK, man. Sit down. Enjoy the rest of the show. She probably can't drive anyway. <laughs> and she's going to be waiting outside the car for you. And I was like. You just went right at that like <laughs> stereotype and like nailed it, and the most is so funny. And uh, it's funny what people remember. I don't. I remember. Do you it kind now. of vaguely remember that no, situation? No, I don't remember exactly what I said. Oh, it was so. It was just, oh, dude, it was aces, know. man. And I was yeah. like, that's how you just destroy somebody <laughs> in the moment, and it was so quick, and it made me realize like how long you've been doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, skills. Three weeks. Aware. Just been doing the three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah, yeah. it was like uh, it's yeah. a new face, right? To, <laughs> yeah, new face. <laughs> right, to, right to tearing someone a new asshole. Yeah. But um, how aware are you of literally everything that's going on in any situation? Like, is it? Because like when I play soccer, I I only heard the voices of my teammates, mm-hmm. my coach, and my dad who was out in the the crowd. Right. That's it. Everything else was shut off. Right. You're so focused. You're so in the zone. Mm-hmm. But with comedy, it's just you. So yeah, you're paying attention to the crowd and the give and take, but are you completely aware of like that person's pouring a drink over there? This guy went to go to the bathroom. That person took off his coat. Like, how in tune are you these days uh, with the environment? I think I'm pretty in tune. There's a there's a way you can be too in tune. Like some clubs, the waitresses are loud, mm-hmm. and you can hear them, and you're listening to yourself hear them while you're telling a joke. So if I'm standing on the outside of me. I can't be telling that joke as good as if I'm not paying attention to that waitress. But, you know, you have to you do have to pay attention because if some little thing happens, you can make something out of it for the fun of the entire audience. Mm-hmm. And uh and I like to treat each show like it's a 
different show from the night before. So I look out for things that are happening right now to point at and to make fun of. You know what I mean? Just so even though you might be doing the same set, there's going to be a degree of difference to it that that audience won't forget. And you right. won't forget either. Well, I didn't forget. That, that, that moment stood out for me. Yeah. So it's almost like you have this batch. You go up there with the batch. Maybe half the batch happens. Yeah, the rest you, is in the moment. Yeah, stuff. You, you, you're ready to be versatile and bend a little sure. and flexible and have fun either way. That's awesome, man. All right, Ian, um, we got to get out of here uh, soon. But uh, thanks again for the time. It's always a pleasure. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, yeah, of course. So... Let's talk future, Ian Edwards here. Uh, what are you working on now? What are you writing on now? Obviously, you're in town for the festival, um, but what's what's coming up for you? Here? Uh, I'm just trying to. I just got with a new agency, and uh, I'm just trying to do more stand up. You know what I mean? So and just get out on the road more. I I don't know if that's necessarily the. Like town to town, but you just you uh, just want more spots. You want more more spots. Well, I want to do a special. That's mm-hmm. what I want to do. Okay. So I I guess I need to. I just need to be strategic. I just need to be strategic. And there's some things like Gerard Show got picked up, and I would be writing on Gerard Show, but there was an issue with I have this idea that I want to go pitch, and uh, I couldn't go pitch it while I'm there. Is it, it was a one or the other deal? Gotcha. Okay. So. So um, okay, so there's a conflict there. There was right, a conflict. Right, okay. So I chose to go pitch the thing. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I love the show, Gerard show, but win or lose, I have to go pitch this thing. I shouldn't even look at it as win or lose. I just have to go pitch no, the thing. No, that's a win. You're, yeah, you're yeah. going after something yeah. that came up in your brain. You, yeah. you got to do that. I mean, mm. shows are always going to be around to write for. Right. You know, it might not be that one in particular. Now... If something doesn't work out, can you always go back? Like or depends. It, it depends. Yeah. If if they're if they're not pissed that mm-hmm. you didn't take their deal, and it's all a personality thing. It's like, you know, some people like you no matter what, and some people won't. You just have yeah. to fa- find out who they are and who you are to them. You know what I mean? Right. So we'll see. Okay. All right. Good luck with that. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll see what happens with that. Um, and uh, obviously, check out Ian Edwards uh, on the road or wherever town you're going. And. Mm-hmm. Let's talk soccer for a minute to close up shop. Oh, That's yeah. cool. All right. My uh, my team, Arsenal, we're doing all right. Ooh, ooh. I, yeah, you can boo me all ooh. you want. QPR, it's a London team. <laughs> I, I feel, here's the thing about QPR. I like them because they're always teetering between, you know, between. Premier and, and Championship. <laughs> and uh, But I, I always like them. They're kind of like gritty. They always have like that one good player that unfortunately they always end up trading or selling off or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of a lot of move. teams like that. Yeah, yeah those, those type of teams do. Um, but... Uh, I don't know this premier this Premier League this year right now. Man City, Arsenal at the time of this podcast are sitting at the top. Two strongest teams. Two strongest sure. teams, but I don't know, man. It I feel like the middle of the field and even the bottom. Chelsea's a wreck right now, which oh, is yeah. a treat for me. So, uh, I don't know about you. No, no. I'm I, always I enjoying think, that more I than Arsenal. Spoke to my friend in England. Yeah. And listen, when we tie, I'm a Man U fan. But when we tie, or when we lose, the only thing that makes it better is a Chelsea tie or a Chelsea or, or lose on our loss. Right. And and my friend in England, that's how everybody in England feels. That's how hated Chelsea is. I feel like the players even feel that way right now yeah. with Jose Mourinho. Yeah. Like the, their fans are such a pain in the asses. Yep. Everybody's just you feel better no matter if you if your baby died. Just have a Chelsea loss, and you'll be like. <laughs> 
you know what? My baby lost. My baby dying is not that bad. Yeah, you know what? It's th- yeah, could be worse. Could be worse. They, Chelsea could have won. Yeah, Chelsea could have won. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, just to let you know how passionate soccer fans are, or football fans, as we should properly address it, mm-hmm. uh, that's how much they're hated, right? Yeah, and uh, I feel the same way about the Yankees here. In New- I don't know if you're a Yankee fan, but I grew yeah. up in Cleveland, and <laughs> and uh, that's ironically, not, that's a Cubs not your fan. fault. Right, right. It's that's not my fault. It's not your fault. But um, I don't know. It's that it's that phone call my dad and I like to give each other when the Yankees, you know, lose <laughs> in the playoffs or don't make it. It's like, hilarious. Today was a good day, huh? Today was a great day, <laughs> and that's it. Hang up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That, whatever, whatever keeps you but too bonded right well um man united not bad man i don't know they they had a lot of pieces come in and quickly leave which uh is very interesting but do you believe in van gaal do you think this this he's the answer i, I believe in van gaal but i believe he doesn't have the right pieces i believe he knows he doesn't have the right pieces and i'm worried about him panicking just grabbing something from over there, something over there, something from over there, and trying to put something together. Yeah, I think no he knows chemistry, it, right? And have no chemistry. I think he knows exactly what he needs, but he'll, because he wants a positive result, will settle for things he knows he shouldn't take and put them in the pot, and those things never taste good together. Uh, right. I feel never. like he's the Phil Jackson for for the American listeners here that don't know what's going on. Phil except, Jackson just kind of like except Phil Jackson usually has goes to championship teams. This championship caliber right. players on one team that he can just whip into champions. Van Gaal does not have a bunch of players he can whip into champions. But I hope I'm wrong. Prove me wrong. I, and I'll and I'll say it cuz that means a championship for us. That's true. That's yeah. true. Well, the league's always fun, man. It's always a treat. You follow sure. any other leagues besides uh, Premier? Is follow the, the Bundesliga a little yeah, bit, but Bundesliga that's a one-horse well. race. Yeah. Follow La Liga. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which is a two-horse race, two usually. Two-horse race, <laughs> usually. Yeah. And then... Uh, that's the downside to all the other leagues, I, f- I feel. You know, there's just mm-hmm. not enough good teams. Like, I could watch any two teams in the Premier League, but you get mm-hmm. to the bottom of the Bundesliga and you're like, mm-hmm. this is, there's 15 Don't fans in the stands. You're like, yeah. what's going on? Don't need to go to the bottom of the Bundesliga. <laughs> yeah. Unnecessary. Yeah, Waste it of is. time. It is. All right, Ian, always a pleasure, man. Talk Thanks to you for having me, man. All right, that was Ian Edwards. I want to thank him, man. He's the best. Um, what was odd is while we were taping the news portion of this podcast, he, text, he literally texted me and said, hey, man, how you doing? And I was like, oh, that's weird because... The, your interview with me is playing right now. You could have just asked that to my face, but wait, that... That was pre-taped. Yeah, that was pre-taped. And then it got all kind of confusing, and then a wormhole opened up, and I walked through it. And that here sound, we are on the other side of the Edwards. That sounds like it was only confusing to you. Yeah, maybe. Because you were the only one that got the text message. Me? I'm just thinking the time's existing. <laughs> Time is a flat circle, right? Is that the line from like uh, True Detective? It could be. Season three? I don't know. It's not out yet. Oh, season three's not out yet. Season one. Season two is dog shit. Anyway. Wow. It was terrible. All right. Don't even. Was it, it that bad? It was horrendous. I mean, I didn't see. I haven't seen either. It was so. horrendous. Season one will blow your socks off. Season two will put them on and then put on some high heeled shoes and then some like big strappy boots. Wow. It will like unblow your socks off. Okay. Oh, they'll they will actually bring the socks back <laughs> it'll, to you. It'll, socks will materialize in the air and then put themselves on your feet. All right. Uh, speaking of socks and in yeah. the air materializing, uh, Kathy Griffin has a book deal, uh, seven figures. Uh, the number, the official number is not out yet, but it's uh, tentatively cut, titled Kathy Griffin Celebrity Index A to Z. So she's just basically just going to like read TMZ and write about it? Probably. <laughs> I mean, 
I don't want to say anything negative about Kathy Griffin. I don't know her personally. I, I have nothing against her. I don't have anything I, against I, I'm her either. I'm not a fan of her comedy. People love it. It's, yeah, people hey, love it. Great. If Bob's you don't, uncle. great. If you if you don't like it, there's no reason to slam it. Might be someone else's favorite thing. Play nice in the sandbox. But this this should be uh, a sort of like a tell all book, like of her hmm. anecdotal encounters with hmm. celebrities and stuff. So we'll see where that goes. But Kathy's got some big things on the horizon. Um, there's a really, really cool episode called Tragedy Plus Time Equals Comedy yeah. uh, of this uh, PBS show. If you don't know about, about it, it's called Finding Your Roots. And uh, this particular episode, we put the entire episode up on the site, uh, focuses on Jimmy Kimmel, Norman Lear, the famous Norman Lear, yes. and uh, Bill Hader, and dives into their past and the tragedies and the like why things are funny it's pretty amazing man Great. it's a really cool really cool we video do good check things it out that laugh button i should read it more often yeah you should <laughs> and, uh, and the listeners are, are you uh are you psyched for this 9-11 comedy to depict Dude, michael jackson no, I, I, like elizabeth taylor and marlon brando on a road trip this thing is it sounds like a failed <laughs> sketch it sounds like someone some literally tweeted that at us. As soon as I put the story, oh, someone really? goes, "Is this a? Is this a?" It sounds like some like sketch where like everyone at the table is like, "Get the fuck out of here with this sketch." Well, this is real. This is a supposed true event that happened uh, on the day of nine nine eleven. Michael uh, Jackson, Michael Jackson, Elizabeth Taylor, and Marlon Brando. Took a road uh, trip. Was Marlon Brando trip. even alive at the time? I guess. Michael Jackson was. Elizabeth Taylor is still alive. So they took a road trip from New York to Ohio. Uh, sorry, See, I, I had see to, there's that Ohio talk again. It's in the there story. There you go, that Ohio talk it's again. It's in the story. So uh, that, uh, vet these that apparently happened. It's a one-off half-hour comedy that's going to air in the UK on uh, their channel Sky. And I'm assuming we'll make it to the internet and we'll all be able to check it out. But um, I don't oh, know. Yeah. Marlon Brando died in 2004. All right. All right. I know he died around the early 2000s. Maybe this road trip killed him because uh, apparently they, they stopped off at fast food joints like crazy during this road trip. So uh, who knows? But go to the laughbutton.com. Well, wait follow a us. Okay. Wait. It's, it's false. It's false. Here's why it's false. Why? Elizabeth Taylor died March 23rd, 2011. She died before 9-11. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. 2011, not 2001. Never mind. That was 10 years. It was unbelievable. 10 years all right. Follow us on the uh, on all the socials at the laugh button. He's at I am Kleinschmidt. I'm at Mark says hi. Follow okay. us on the socials because we're giving away tickets, dude. I'm giving them away like I have to because yes. I do. I'm giving away tickets because we got a bunch of them. We got so Bridget great. Everett, right? We got Bridget Everett tickets for if you're in uh, San Diego. Mm -hmm. We got Lewis Black who's touring the country right now. So check, check on that. We got the three tenors who can't sing giving away tickets for that too. Jesus, man. Uh, we're, dude, we're, we are a ticket giving away machine. That's why we you are. follow us on all of our socials. Subscribe to our newsletter because we have some unique content coming through the newsletter. Yes. It's some exclusive um, content coming to the newsletter. Okay, so we've yes. confirmed that Elizabeth Taylor, Mark, Marlon Brando, and Michael Jackson were all live post. This trip happened. It happened. <sighs> it did, but it's so fucking weird, dude. Be, it, look, <laughs> look. <laughs> look. Remember when? Remember when VH1 put out that fictional show of like Matt. that one time that like John Lennon reunited with Paul McCartney in New York and they hung out for a day, right. and then that night they saw like you know Lorne Michaels on SNL make the plea to get the Beatles, but the remaining members of the Beatles back together. Like that was total like fake fabricated horseshit. But you're trying to tell me yes on 9/11 yes. On September 11th. Yes, because everything Marlon was, Brando. Everything was batshit crazy in the Michael whole entire Jackson world. Michael Jackson. Yes. And Elizabeth Taylor. Yes. Shoved themselves into a car. Yes. And drove from New York to Ohio or Ohio to New York? From New York to Ohio. 
Why? I guess we're going to find out. What the fuck is in Ohio for those three people? The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What the fuck is in Ohio for those three people? The Cleveland Browns. All right. See, these are all just Uh, like words you're throwing out to me because I'm not from Ohio. I don't know what Cleveland Browns mean. What are these Cleveland Browns you speak of? This isn't a real thing. Procter & Gamble. Are the Cleveland Browns real? Like according do, to the NFL, I was yes. gonna say, do they like they're an NFL team? But like, if a team doesn't win any games, do they make a sound? This is a tree falling in the wood ad, ad, ad adage. We gotta get if, out of here. If the Cleveland Browns, <laughs> that's gonna do if it the, for this. If the Browns and Clevelands don't win a game, does it make a sound? Just right off into the sunset. Man. I'm just saying. Right off. Right I'm right just off. saying. Listen, there's a Cleveland conspiracy out off there, and I will get to the bottom. Your of microphone conspiracy. is now officially fading out. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Laugh Button Podcast right here on the Riotcast Network. For Matt Kleinschmidt, I'm Mark Seaman. Talk to you next week.